Hi, you guys want some cookies? 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 From the new garage that's new with the new lot, it's the Throwback Podcast, your music, culture, and nostalgia-based podcast for people conceived during the Jimmy Carter administration. <laughs> like if, in your, if you're in that zone, you're going to love what you're about to hear. Late in the Jimmy Carter administration. Preferably late. Yes. But you could be grandfathered in, potentially. Uh, we're back. We did it, Bob. We are. We're here. Look at this. We're How back. about that? We're back in a garage. We're drinking beers and we're uh, listening to music again. I think we vaguely promised this episode. Vaguely. But we decided. Our word for, for record, though, our word means nothing. Nothing. But we did it anyway. Solid as a pool noodle, uh, our word. And I will say this, Bob, that uh, we made a, a, a conscious effort here to surprise drop uh, this episode and people are waking up, and they're finding uh, this piece of art, I call it art, uh, automatically downloaded onto their phones. And I, isn't that a nice thing to give people? It is. And I'm just impressed that this holiday season, you found a way to gift, give us the gift of you not promoting this podcast as a noble thing. Like the, You told me, like, let's surprise drop it. And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. But only now am I realizing <laughs> you, want to, you want to do that so you don't have to do any work. So it actually works out perfectly for you. No, I mean, it does. It, it has like a double slam dunk situation for me. But really, again, Bob, uh, we're gifting people with an automatic download. Right. And it's better than nothing. So maybe it's time, Bob, for you, on behalf of all the assholes out there, to abol- apologize to you too. Wait, what happened? Because we <clears throat> downloaded... Songs of Innocence onto your phones oh, wait, without this, any permission. This is us doing a U2? And now I guess like what? Now I like this idea even less. And guess what? What? People went nuts. Well, not good nuts. And we're doing the same thing, and now you think it's a gift. What's the difference, Bob? Maybe it's time, post-COVID, you know, post everything else that's gone wrong in this world, for you to apologize on behalf of all the people for freaking out like little babies back in 2014. Go, Bob. I'm sorry. Whoa! Yeah, you know what? It's the end of 2021. We've all done regrettable things in the past couple of years, trying to make it through this pandemic. I feel like it's time to just wipe the slate clean, start new in 2022. So you two, you're forgiven. Wow, this is huge. Somebody's got to tell Bono this because I don't think he's like (laughs) left his castle since uh, that happened. Yes, this is our best of 2021 podcast. We've been doing this for how many years now, Bob? 37 years. It feels like that. Uh, for four years, I think. I think this is the fourth year we've done a best of. Throwback to the future four. Throwback to the future. See, yes, you have that. You have that hook, Bob. That's such a good, juicy hook. Yeah, we own that. We copywrote that thing. We did. Yeah. We did. And um, it is still the holiday season, Bob. It's the first time I've seen you since Christmas Eve. With our My family visited the Castrone compound uh, up in the mountains, and yeah. that was really nice. It was really nice. I think before and during our last episode, I predicted that we would only see each other with our kids around in between recording episodes, and that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, I've seen you pretty like much three or four times, and every time was a family affair. Yep. So this is the first time where one on one, just two half naked guys <laughs> hanging out in a garage with semis. <laughs> um, and because it's the holiday season, Bob, I have a gift for you. You do? I do. Is it the U2 album? 
Because I already have it. <laughs> it's already on there. I already have Songs it. Songs of Innocence. Oh, look, he's opening something up. He's pulling it out. I have for you, Bob, a, uh, it's an ale. It hails from near where we grew up, Bob. The Catskills. The Catskills. Look at this. It's called Faith American Ale. Okay. Wow. This is a nice can. Now, there's a background to this particular beer. Okay. Uh, it's bankrolled. Oh, no. By a famous. Oh, no. Actor. No. I know what this is. I see him on the back of the can. It's fucking Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer's beer, baby. You, Drink up. You grammared me. Oh, gotcha, baby. Oh, no. I can't believe I've been grammared in 2021. And, this is, by the way, a beautiful looking can. I know. And the story keeps getting better. You know how I know about this beer? Know how, you know how this beer is in your hand right now? Uh-huh. Kelsey Grammer himself sent it this way. Shut up. Because Kelsey Grammer was on a plane in business class next to Colleen Wolf. Oh, that's right. And they spoke for hours on the plane. It sounds like he had a lot to say to Colleen. Yeah, I think you showed me some of the texts. And then it yeah. ended with uh, Colleen getting a knock at the door, and it was Kelsey Grammer. Please tell me that part's a lie. Like Denise Richards in Wild Things, <laughs> when the door opens in the rainstorm. Wait. Was it really? That part didn't really happen. Did no, it? there was a knock on the door and it was a delivery okay. of this uh, face American ale. Because by the way, Kelsey Grammer was showing up at bodegas in like Midtown, New York. I wouldn't put it past him <laughs> going door to door to deliver this beer to Colleen Wolf. Um, All right, here we go. I'm going to open it up. There you go. Consider an early birthday present, Bob. You're turning 700 next week. Yep. So there it is. And uh, Connie was nice enough to send a message um, connected to this whole story. Yo. So I remember a while ago you were telling me about your buddy Bob who met Kelsey Grammer. I, I, I can't remember exactly the details of it. I think it was Bob. Um, anyway, Ouch. I just wanted to let you know that I just had probably the same experience Bob had with Kelsey Grammer. What a great guy. He was so <laughs> sweet, so genuine. What a pleasant conversation we had. Uh, asked about my family. Like, we, I, you show me pictures of his kids. He actually offered to carry the pizza that I had ferried across the country on this flight Class throughout act. the airport for me. Um, so I think we're probably, John and I are probably going to go on a double date with him and his wife at some point. <laughs> he actually wife. sent me some of this new beer that he's been brewing. So really cool. Um, I thought I would let you know, God, if it wasn't you that was telling me this, um, <laughs> please just disregard this whole thing. But anyway, if it was, tell Bob, hey, look what we have in common now. How about that, Bob? <laughs> I mean, our our experiences are identical. <laughs> wow. And since you've now forgiven you two for the Songs of Innocence fiasco of 2014, uh, since we're doing the same thing uh, to the listeners today, um, is it now time to forgive Kelsey Grammer as we turn our attention to 2022? That's a fair question. Um, absolutely not. Fuck yes. him. Yes. Fuck him. Money plane. Yes. Yeah. No, never forgiven. But this beer's not bad. If you want to pay for it, if you want to watch a dude fucking an alligator, money plane. Not bad. Not This is good beer to drink while you're watching a dude fucking an alligator. That should be on the side of the can. What else can you ask That's for? That's the perfect, perfect endorsement of this beer. So um, what is the best of, what is throwback to the future? If this is uh, all new to you, uh, first of all, where the fuck you been? Yeah. I mean, go Grow up. Go to the archives. We've, we've been gone for months. You could listen to everything twice. Yes, that's absolutely an option. 
we are going to go trade turns, go back and forth, share some songs that we enjoyed that came out in 2021. Uh, I find, Bob, that this is an increasingly important exercise for me as a uh, dad in his early 40s mm-hmm. um, because it, it almost forces me to see what else is out there. Right. Whereas it's very easy as you get older just to kind of listen to all the stuff you like or listen to the same bands, but, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. they put out later in their career, uh, classic rock and all that stuff. And all of a sudden you're a dinosaur. This this helps. I do find this really does help. It's nice. It gives you the motivation to kind of seek out new music, follow what what's happening in the world. You know, we're not getting Rolling Stone magazines delivered to our doorstep anymore. We're not going to Tower Records and going to the listening stations to see, you know, what we're what not on Napster. We're not on Napster. Fuck you, Lars. The only thing keeping us from just becoming dads that are listening to the Eagles is this episode where we're just seeking out new music via algorithm to right. find stuff that we like. And that's why we're not charging you for this episode, uh, because in a way uh, we, we need this to stay. I mean, as we are increasingly irrelevant in society's eyes, this helps keep us on the map. It keeps us in the picture. Yeah, until we get relevant again. Right? Like Fingers in like crossed. your 60s, you know, you kind of become like an old guard guy who can kind of speak knowledgeably about things. Did you Have you had any of those moments recently? Um, by recently, I mean like the last five years or so. But like, for instance, when the calendar flips over to 2022 in a couple of days, um, we'll be 20 years out from college. Yeah, that's that's a problem. A problem. Because that does... It's been a problem ever since we were about three years out from college. Because I remember thinking back then where it's like, oh man, when I go back now, I'm the old guy. Now it's like, when I go back, I'm grandpa. Right. And I do go back like every few weeks. And I'm just like, where are the parties at? Right. And they just look at me like, who is this guy? You probably should stop going back to college. Also, it's it's a major COVID risk. It's also really expensive flying to Maryland (laughs) every few weekends. I used to rule this school. (laughs) What's up, old man? Maybe you're like the old guy that they they bring into the parties and you think that you're a part of it, but they're just making fun of you I behind still your look back. young you enough. I, I think I still look young enough to Uh-oh. fit in, but yeah, no, it's probably not a good idea. Uh-oh. So yeah, no, have I had any of these moments in the last five years where I thought that I was, or where people have asked me for help? What was it? No, the no, it's just, um, the, just general mortality stuff. Um, when you, an old person tells you, oh, it, ha- it happened so fast. And then you think about, oh, you know, when I was eight, I had this memory when I was eight and that was, you know, 35 years ago almost. Like, yeah. It, we're going to die. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at here and where there's, mo- there's less story left than has already been told. That, that's a thing that when you get to our age range, you, need, you don't need to start thinking about it. Uh, and actually, I wish it wasn't something that popped in my head. But I do think about it now. So right. again, this is important. This kind of keeps me closer to the other side of the mountain. Okay. This is an incredibly important episode of the Throwback Podcast. <laughs> this is apparently there's way more riding on it than even I knew. But you don't. It doesn't sound like you think about life that way at all. No, I do. Absolutely. Sand through the hourglass. Yeah. No, I think that comes out more with with kids when you're looking at your kid and you're like, oh, you were just three, now you're ten. Problem. Where is it all going? I'm gonna die. Yeah. It it always comes back to I'm gonna die. Okay. So yeah. we are on the same page. We are. All right, good. But not tonight. We're not dying tonight. And by the way, I and not to circle back to this, but we don't have confirmation that when you're in the box, you're not just trapped in the box. <laughs> we don't have confirmation. Like, how do you know? No, there's no way to confirm that. I feel like you've been a little judgy on that. 
um, and been like, well, you know, that's silly, Dan, but, you know, people think we go to heaven too. Like no one has any proof that you're not stuck inside the box. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about how disgusted I am with myself that I'm genuinely enjoying this beer. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Faith American. Is he a Trumper? Grammar? I'm sure he is. Does seem. Typical. Yeah. Seems yeah. like in his realm. All right, Bob. So I here hope Colleen we go. had her booster sitting next to him on that airplane. <laughs> uh, he was very friendly with Colleen. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, and then you look back through like Google images all 14 of his wives look exactly like Colleen Wolf. And it's like, oh, okay. John better watch out. Um, all right. Let's uh, get into it. Bob, I would like you. You are the guest here in the new Umlaut garage. You, It is your birthday. This is kind of like a birthday episode for you in a way. Yeah, it always kind of is. Yeah. Um, you're drinking Kelsey Grammer's beer. You're basically a human billboard for him right now. I kind of am. On top of everything else I've already I've already sold my soul by apologizing to you, by accepting YouTube's apology. <laughs> I mean, everything's kind of up in the air right now. And uh, by the way, because I did revisit it, and I think it is my favorite moment in the history of the podcast, is the Kelsey Grammer story with Bob and his appearance on Donahue in 1995. Uh, go to the Benz episode, Radiohead the Benz episode from a year or so ago, Um the story is about 55 minutes into that episode. Uh, if, if you need to get caught up on anything we're talking about right now, you'll yeah. get it in that little block. And if you're a fan of Radiohead and the Benz, we completely <laughs> don't do that album justice as we talk over it the entire time. I was going to say we apologize. An experience that I had in 1993. Uh, we actually skipped the song The Benz <laughs> on The Benz, track two. So maybe, so, so, so I think we buried the lead here. We're back right now doing this episode. And we're sorry. And we're sorry. We're going to be back on our red regular schedule in February. Well, let's not let's you ever hear the term like uh, under promise over deliver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're over promising. No, we're coming setting back. us up for the under deliver. We, well, we're pretty good at that. I think we're, we're, I mean, we're coming back. This is not the last episode, but to tell them that there's going to be some type of red carpet rollout where they is. can expect. Well, we'll see. No, I, that's I, the plan. I texted you the plan and you said, sounds good. So that's, that's as good as gold. That, in my book. I was responding to a different text. That was an accidental. <laughs> sounds good. That was to Colleen being like, yeah, it was Bob who Kelsey Grammer. All right. Well, like, fine. How did, he, how did he write sounds good? And it still says unread. All right. No further <laughs> details then, but we're, we're back. We're doing this again. We're back. We took the hiatus. It was a very important hiatus. It was. Uh, Bob's been very busy with work. The NFL season, it keeps getting longer. Yeah, that's and ridiculous. So this is, uh, this, this is going to be the new normal, uh, just like we exist in a new normal um, in the world. So let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. Bob, why don't you get I'm us I'm kicking going? us off? Yeah. I'm it. kicking us off with, let's just go. Let's just go with a song that makes me so happy, a song I listened to a ton this year, and a song I'm going to keep listening to for the rest of my life, however long it is. This is... Wet Dream by Wet Leg.
like it. So the artist is Wet Leg. Yes. And the song is Wet Dream? Correct. Are all the songs, is Wet prominently involved? Nope, this is times? the only Wet song that I know of. Uh, they only have like four songs. Oh, I love this line. So these two girls from the Isle of Wight came out this year in around, I think, summer. They released two songs. One was called Chaise Long, and then they followed it up with Wet Dream. And right, I found these two songs at the same time, and they instantly became the one thing that I listened to on repeat. I want to see them live so bad just based on these two songs. I just feel like they're so much fun. They're so interesting. And uh, they got me. I'm big into wet leg, Dan. I like it. You're a wet leg guy now. Yep. It's kind of a gross two words put together. Kind of gross. Well, I found out. So, uh, you know, doing my wet leg research, they were just sending emojis to each other to try to figure out what their band name would be. (laughs) Just going back and forth. And somebody sent the the squirt and the leg. And they're like, done. That's it. We're wet leg now. Uh, That's very, um, where are we at now? Uh, Zoo, Z, not millennial. We're Gen Z. No, that's not what they're going with, bro. Uh, Zoomers. Zoomers. Yeah. That's some Zoomer shit right there. That is some Zoomer shit. And let me just play this for two seconds. This is their song that was their bigger hit of the year. This is Shay's Well, it's kind of a cheat, right? I now. know it is, but I sent this to you. I just want you to know who yes. we're talking about here. They don't take themselves seriously. <laughs> They're having fun. And uh, yeah, I'm I like exci- their album, I'm sure, is coming out soon. And I can't wait to hear it. It's funny because uh, I said the same thing last year or maybe the year before or maybe both years. I think like the men have to step up because I keep on as I was putting together my list of my favorite songs of the year. Mm-hmm. A lot of women, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, all women bands or uh, women that front uh, bands with men in them. Uh, and uh, that was interesting to me. And you've come a long way because you used to not even like the idea of a woman being allowed to play guitar. So you're, you're really progressive now. Like, California is really changing. I think it. that's what it is. I yeah. got on the plane, right. and everything changed. That's it. In that's what happened. In so many ways. Uh, all right. On that note, why don't we play a, a female-fronted uh, uh, group, all-female group? Uh, they are called Muna. And they uh, have a special guest on this song, uh, a fairly well-known artist, uh, Phoebe Bridgers. And it is a wonderful song called Silk Chiffon. Oh. Listen. Sundown and I feel lifted. Downtown cherry lipstick. Watch your silk dress dancing in the wind watch it brush against your skin makes me want to try your arm like life's so fun life's so fun got my mini skirt and my rollerblades on bag on my side cause i'm out till dawn keeping it light like silk chiffon life's so fun life's so fun don't need to worry about no one she said i got her if i want she's so soft like silk chiffon Oh, 
things have changed, Bob. As we're talking about like mortality at the top of the episode, but also just um, we were we graduated high school in the late nineties, mm-hmm. and remember what it was like like in our high school. Um, there was no no openly gay anything. No, I I say to people like we didn't graduate with any gay people in our graduating class. No. There were plenty of gay people after we graduated. Right. But nobody was out when we were in high nobody. school. Nobody. And it was like that was just the way it was. And I was thinking about um I was thinking about how things have changed to the point where remember the 90s like so that is um a a group that is proudly LGBTQ uh, they were a SoundCloud group. They're from LA. What's the name again? Moana? Who is uh, it? Muna. Muna. M-U-N-A, all caps. And like the song is about like romantic girl on girl up. Like it's straight up like that. And then I was thinking like when we were kids or when we were teens, were there any songs like that that existed? Jill Sobule's I Kissed a Girl. That's it. And that was it. And I have this teed up because like, and this was very like, there's nothing wrong with I Kissed a Girl, but the song, it's very twee and very, right. you know, it's it's meant to uh, almost, it's almost like a novelty song. It's like a song Phoebe would sing in Friends. <laughs> I think this is Phoebe, actually. <laughs> if I don't know if anybody's ever, never heard I Kissed a Girl by Jill Sobule. Have you heard this? In I haven't years? heard this in 20 years, right. 30 years. Listen. I think it can do better. So we laugh, compared notes. We had a drink, we had a smoke She took off her overcoat I kissed a girl So, like, that song was just about two straight women in uh, marriages with, like, cavemen mm-hmm. being naughty on the side. So I just think it's kind of notable, like, here we are 25 years later and, like, a song is just kind of like a completely, like, out in the open. Like, right. This is a whole world that exists. Right. And of I guess that's the when you talk about all the bad things about the internet, and there are many. A good thing is like a song like this. Like if you are like these uh, women in this group, like you could find this. Yeah. Like if you could find that back then. No, and I know you're sticking your tongue out and giving me a thumbs down while you say that. <laughs> but it's I completely agree with what you're saying into the microphone. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, the best part about this song so far, though, was the casual mention of rollerblading. So if that if this song helps bring rollerblading back, then I'm in. You don't need to wait for a um, electro pop band from LA uh, to bring back rollerblading, Bob. No, you I can do- just lace them up again. I, I I do think I need to. I think it's time. When it may be turning 42, that'll be the uh, impetus to just strap on the skates again <laughs> and just skate around Los Angeles. Um, anyway, so I was just thinking about that. How different it was back then? Like it was like Jill Sobule's song was like. Aren't we naughty monkeys? <laughs> and then this song is like about two like women in love with each other. Yeah, great. We've romantic love. We did it. We did it, America. Are we done? We're we're no, all set. It. We've we've found equality. <laughs> okay, that's it. Let's we did move it. forward then. Well, I'm to go. What, to... what else do we have to take care of now? Oh, that's it. That was is the racism last thing. done. Just the price of gas. That's it. Price of gas. Once we can solve that, then we're okay. Okay, got to get. Yeah, it everything under. else is done. Racism. Sexism. If we can get gas down under. Three dollars a gallon. Yeah, we're done. Oh shit! I didn't even do this on purpose, but that's a perfect segue into my next song. Okay, here we go. Speaking of nostalgia, this song makes me long for a life that I never lived. (laughs) 
like this. Sandy Sheets by Dave Haas off the album Blood Harmony. This gives me this gives me the frigid, the uh, the little chills when you listen to it. Mm, I like that. It just like it just hits me. As as guys that grew up driving over the border to New Jersey to get that eighty seven cent gas and then going down to the Jersey Shore, it's checking all those. It boxes. checks all those boxes. It takes me back to Belmar and uh, Sandy Hook or what were the other ones we went to? Wildwood, of course. Wildwood Seaside. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just hey, jealousy on the radio. Like I mean, this is. This is a feel. I like that. I love this. Is this a younger artist? No, this guy's been around. He was like a punk guy for many years, and now he's put out a few albums on his own. What's his name again? Dave Haas, H-A-U-S-E. Dave, and we're gonna we're gonna put out. uh, I go Haas. It's probably House, but yeah, we'll put out the playlist uh, that has all of these songs on it. This is Long Ride Home. This is Sandy Sheets. Oh, Sandy Sheets by Dave House. I like this one, Bob. Well, he's big enough to have a. uh, This is Dave House. Um, Spotify playlist, so that's there. You go. Kind of missed, kind of missed the boat on this one, I guess. Oh, look, he's kind of he looks like he's our age. I mean, he's probably exactly our age. We probably partied with him at like Bar A in uh, Lake Como in Bal- and Belmar <laughs> at some point. Was he the one that made fun of my long hair at Bar A? I like it. That's a good one, Bob. Take me back. Take me back to, you know, just <laughs> my, my young love on the beach of New Jersey and, you know, the sandy sheets. I do um, I do notice <clears throat> a difference in kind of the songs I'm into this year from last year. Last year, obviously, was fucking terrible on nearly almost every level. Um, and a lot of the songs that I had on the, my countdown last year were kind of a little more slow and chill. And this year, things are a little bit more upbeat, uh, even if it's like we want things to be back to normal, but they're not. But we can just like, you know, we're trying to make it happen. Yeah, we're doing our part. <laughs> we're doing our best. We're doing our best. And uh, on, along those lines, I wanted to play a song next that kind of hits at that um, general vibe. I, I find this an interesting song just because... Um, it doesn't follow any type of traditional song structure. In fact, I imagine, Bob, when you hear this, it might seem a little weird. Um, but also, uh, even though it doesn't have a typical song structure, it kind of tells like a story in feels. This is a band called Low. Oh, yeah. A, a song called Days Like These. When you think you've seen everything Something that I can see. Everybody just chased by dreams. That's why we're living in days like these again. Mm-hmm. 
this next part's important. song starts it's very clear and concise it reminds me of like the beginning of 2021 mm-hmm. when he just like was hopeful it's like you're cutting through all the noise here we're back yep and then then there's a little melancholy maybe you're thinking about some stuff maybe things aren't so good and then the second verse comes in same lyrics but now it's like there's a lot of noise yeah and there's a lot of distortion and things aren't really maybe the way you want it to be so the beginning is when we booked our guide trip to Denver, and the second verse is when we showed up in Denver and Delta hit. Exactly. Okay. Got and it. now, after this, for the last three minutes of the song, it just becomes very atmospheric and kind of in the wilderness a little bit. Huh. And that's where we are now. Okay. Just trying to figure some shit out. Yeah. Just on your own. We thought we were out of the wilderness. Really thought we were out of the wilderness. We're not out of no. the wilderness. So I thought more, like this is wilderness. like a uh, a song that kind of spoke to me. Like I said, not traditional song structure. It's not even like a chorus. There's two verses repeated with some distortion and then just like atmospheric music. For... I mean, this is this is the Kid A in you that, you know, you've always had. <laughs> like you love this I kind think, of thing. I don't think I always had. I think Kid A ah. kind of created that side of me as a music lover. Some of that. So this, this was an album that when it came out, it like universal acclaim immediately. And I kind of got, do you remember when all of a sudden everybody was talking about the war on drugs like four years ago? Yeah. Like all of a sudden there were articles written about them and it was like, Oh, I got to pay attention to this band. They made this like seminal piece of art and it turned out to be on point. Um, I feel like Lowe got that this year with this album, but I never got into it. And I think it's because I lacked that kid a chip mm. in my head. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Like, for yeah. instance, there's a, a song that I... It just missed the cut, but I'm going to share it with you um, uh, maybe off mic later because it's a great Bob song. Because mm-hmm. there's something to be said also for, like, just really catchy guitar pop and uh, things that are more pile-driving, straightforward. I love that, too. The last time you recommended a Bob song, it was You Get What You Give by the New Radicals. So I'm excited. Shoot, that's... I almost don't want to do it now because <laughs> that is really, uh, you know... That's pressure. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> Just to talk about how weird of a year 2020 was and then going into 2021. Remember we did a whole episode on that song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, weird stuff happened. That was weird. Weird stuff has happened this year. All right. Um, all right, Bob. So we're four songs in, two each. Where mm-hmm. are we going next? I almost went to a, a break uh, for my other podcast that a lot of people listen to. Um we don't have any breaks here, though. You're still doing that podcast. Still doing and it. We talk about doing this one a long time. Yeah. That's absurd. That one is very popular. I mean, it's I've It's actually heard... growing in popularity. Is it growing it still? It is. It's a growing entity. It must be because of that subreddit that I created. I feel like it, that's probably what did it. You know, maybe. It's also that place has become a little bit toxic. Really? Maybe what you created um, is the only ugliness connected to my other podcast. Maybe it only became toxic when you didn't promote the throwback pot and I'm just going in there <laughs> stirring the pot. I am, there is, there's I a, am technically a moderator there, so I can like delete positive things. And bring up <laughs> I like that. Things. There is a throwback pod subreddit too, correct? There is, yeah. 
I like how you have to ask. There is a Throwback <laughs> Pod subreddit. Shout out to the uh, Throwback it's Podcast subreddit. Gaining on the Around the NFL subreddit. <laughs> so any day now. Anyway, so but no breaks here. No uh, breaks. The only, really, the only no commercials. We no, have. no commercials for the military or drunk driving <laughs> or whatever. Whatever you guys. Uh, I, I can't say anything uh, critical about our sponsors. Okay, Bob, so, so you're. I can't remember. Are you guys pro drunk driving? I can't remember. I the don't commercial. remember either. Okay. I think it was like Brad's Buzz. Yeah, Brad, but I didn't Brad's know if it was buzz. cool or not cool. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure, so I just stayed out of Brad's it. Brad's Buzz hopped in for the ride of your life. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yeah, we rely on the listeners, Dan. That's what you were about to say. They are, yeah. The yeah. listeners are the reason this podcast exists. Yes. Literally, yeah. wouldn't be doing it for free. No, even though we need you, we need an excuse to listen. Oh to music. yeah, Bob. And this was inevitable. This is, I think, tied for my album of the year. Which you know, call me boring, call me call me lame, call me old, call me a dad. I don't care. This album is so this is dad rock good, but that's not negative. Not negative. Not always. This is I Don't Live Here Anymore by The War on Drugs, featuring Lucius. I, I think so. Off the album, I Don't Live Here Anymore. Yes. And uh, just lay back and enjoy. Take your pants off. Take your pants off. I was lying in my bed A creature void of form Been so afraid of everything I need a chance to be reborn I never wanted anything That someone had to give I don't live here anymore I went along in with We'll come up again in a little bit, but damn, this song is so good. Yeah, and the whole album is great. And there's something just like warm and familiar about this band without it coming off as recycled. No one else sounds like this band right now. I, but they also there's echoes of all some of our favorite, whether it's Tom Petty or Bob Dylan. Um, it's all there if you're into that type of music. I just love this. Right. They take it and they enhance it in a way that makes it completely their own. Because like he does kind of sound like Bob Dylan in this song, but this doesn't sound like a Bob Dylan no. song. It sounds like the war on drugs. Okay, this part, yeah. I'm gonna walk through every doorway I can stop. I need some time. I need control. I need to love. I want to find out. I guess that's Lucius. Is that the woman? Oh, could be. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know the background. You know what this is like? When I hear this, it's like, remember when we uh, when we were living in the hills, Bob, in Hollywood, in our 20s, and we had that outdoor fire pit? Yes. This is like the fire pit rock. Yes. Like we would have the, the, big, the white bows player, and then we would dock the iPod. And if this album came out in 2008... We would just dock that bitch mm-hmm. and just light a fire and just talk about how great this album was. Yeah, it's uh, it's similar to like Band of Horses, like their cup first couple of albums have a similar feel to me. Not that they sound like Band of Horses, but has that kind of warm like I don't know uh, fall air crisp types feeling to it. Yeah, that, it's just like a they're a warm sweater. That's what they are. They're a warm sweater. And this album, I didn't know if I was going to get cute and go with like a deeper cut. 
I'm glad you picked this one. Yeah, I just think that this is so good, and it just gives you a taste of what this album is. So if you like this, go listen to The War on Drugs. I guess I should, uh, because I had this conversation with um, Matt Money Smith, who, of course, people that listen to this podcast or my other podcast know, uh, is not only um, the voice of the Chargers, and he does the power rankings with me, but he also had a whole other career um, with, what was the record company he was with? Capital, right? Not capital, but I'm you, saying capital. Definitely not capital. I'm going with capital. I don't I have no idea. Uh, no but idea. he, uh, you know, he essentially was the K Rock <clears throat> tastemaker, and he's he also loves this album. And his favorite, since we're both so into it, yeah, yeah, he's all about Living Proof, which was the um, opening track. Oh, so good. And uh, you can't really go wrong with that either. So why don't we just listen to a little bit of the Living of Living Proof? Here we go. Pull that sweater bow over your head. Put on a little winter cap. Let's fly, baby. Man, this Faith American Ale is really... It's good. Why is he... Why is he doing this, by the way? Uh, when you have like 14, 13 ex-wives, <laughs> a lot of alimony you got to pony up every month. Like, is his entire like uh, financial future tied up into Faith American Ale? <laughs> Do you want to read what it says on the back? Yes. This is good background music oh my for this. God, it has his own, oh my God, that's him. Yeah, that's him. He's on the fucking can. Yeah. I recognized his dumb, balding head <laughs> the minute I saw that. Faith American is inspired by these mountains and the countless days of recreation and comfort and fucking alligators <laughs> they have given us. My family and I invite you to enjoy this beer. So somebody pitched Kelsey Grammer's like, you know what you haven't done yet, Kelsey? Hold on. He's not being specific as to which family of his invites you. <laughs> All right, let's listen to a living proof a little bit. From... I went down to the corner They're building up my block Maybe I've been gone Love that one. That, that's a, a great slow burn and a great way to get into the album. And actually, Bob, it's the most popular song off that uh, album, according to Spotify. Oh, good. Um, but if you have not discovered The War on Drugs, this is a good time to get into them because they are a band... In their prime. All right, Bob. Let's keep moving. I'm glad you picked that. I think that might be... um, I Don't Live Here Anymore. I think that might be my favorite song of 2021. Nice. If I had to pick one. Was it on your list? It was on my list. Okay. So So, you were were hopeful that we would overlap once or twice. So we just did. That that did. And when when we have to figure out what is the song that we pick for the uh, Throwback Podcast playlist, it's only logical... Uh, that it would be a song that overlaps. Maybe we'll overlap again, and it'll make a, a tough decision. Right, but who knows? But if we don't, that feels like a nice addition to the. I think we're going to overlap one more time. All right, we will find out soon. All right, next. I like this quote from a famous slash infamous singer-songwriter. Ben Lee? 
explaining why this uh, single off his latest album uh, has a strong nostalgic vibe to it, an 80s element. And this particular singer-songwriter said, I asked myself, what music makes me feel like everything's going to be okay? And it's the music I listened to growing up in the 80s. There's a security blanket aspect about that sound that reminds me of a safer time. Mm. Bob, we're all looking to find that safe zone right now. John Mayer found it. Steve Winwood around here. <laughs> we love Steve Winwood. We almost as much as Tom Petty. Yeah, Steve. Every time Steve Winwood needed a, you know, pay for a house or you know take care of a mortgage payment, he'd call up Tom. Be like, Tom, hey, what's up, Steve? We gotta hit the road, man. I gotta open for you again. <laughs> I'm available, oh, man. That's gonna be seven tours in a row, man. Gotta do it, man. I need you, man. And you know, Steve, you're killing me. You're killing me, man. But I'm pretty chill. I'm Tom Petty, after all. <laughs> <laughs> and he would always go out on tour, so we ended up seeing Steve Winwood live 14 times. Um, but anyway, uh, Winwood, I love that quote from Mayer because um, he's like, you know, so many of us that you just want to listen to stuff that makes you feel good, especially over the last year and a half or so. And uh, so he kind of created that, and he had this, he had this idea for an album that was just an homage to basically, if you go back and listen to our WPLJ episode, yeah, um, yacht rock type music and John Mayer is born in 1977 Jimmy Carter administration Mm -hmm. uh, in Connecticut uh, right near where we grew up so like it all makes sense it does and and that's Maren Morris by the way the country pop singer on backy vocals I just thought he kind of nailed it and it's it's something that it's I think it's harder it sounds like oh that's kind of it's not exactly inspired. It's like, well, you try to create well, a song that kind of sounds exactly what a hit sounded like back right. then. Right. He's not like parroting it. He's actually doing it. Right. And I think it's notable that um, I think that's a surefire hit. I think it's like a perfect radio song, and yet it didn't really take off. And I wonder if it's because, um, A, John Mayer just screwed up his career mm. by being too John Mayery. B... Uh, he's just been around too long. At a certain point, you don't really have hit records after a while. He's been right. around almost 20 years. Or C, there's really not like a market for that song to become a big hit anymore. Uh, but if that song came out in 1990, 
that is a top 10 billboard hit. I think it's C. I think that that song found its audience in a lot of ways. And I'm sure like people talked about sob rock in a way that nobody's talked about John Mayer's albums in the last few years. And it was the first, that song particularly was the first John Mayer song ever that I was running around being like, you have to listen to the new John Mayer song. <laughs> Maybe since I want to run through the halls of my high school. Wow. I want to scream at the top of my lock. That one. Old school Mayer. This was the first good one since then. Wow. No, I, I'm like uh, sneaky into John Mayer. Um, I think he's got a lot of good songs. This this album has like, it's a little hit or miss. Uh, but again, like when you're like 20 years into a career, if you can have a, a single like that, right. this deep, you're, you're doing something right. By so, the way, speaking of singles off that album, if you look at uh, the Spotify plays, New Light has half a billion streams on Spotify. Well, so he go. found his hit. And he's he's playing like sold out arenas um, across the country. So he right. still has obviously a huge audience. It's part of the Grateful Dead. He's kind of, yeah, part of the Grateful Dead. My wife is a huge fan. We have two oh, tickets yeah, to see him. Of course you do. Uh, next spring. So And... Assuming we're back and running this uh, this spring, I'd say there's an 85 and above percent chance that we do a John Mayer album in wow. the next in the next year. Is there a? Do you think people want that? I don't. Since when did we ask that question? That's true. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Mayer. Did Mayer make your list? By the way. So I have like a big best of 21 playlist with like 50 songs on it. He's on there. But, but he, he didn't make the top eight. No, because I kind of eight each or seven each. I think seven. I kind of knew you were going to do Mayer, right? But you know what? When I got down to the bottom, if we hadn't done it, I might have pulled him out. Got it. Just yep. to give him some love, give him the respect he deserves for creating that. Yes. So I have a question for you, with Jimmy Carter song. administration coming up big. So here's my question for you. Yeah. So this year, I found a band that became my most played band of the year according to Spotify. Okay. They've put out two albums. One was in 2020. One was in 2021. I found them both at the same time. My favorite song of theirs is off their 2020 album. Mm. Can I go with that? Or do I have to go off the 2021 album? I leave it up to you. I think to, to stay within okay. the parameters here, yep, it's gotta be 2021. That's like saying like I was listening to a lot of uh, Fleetwood Mac for the first time. And I discovered the chain. Uh, can I put that? There's no difference ultimately if it's not well, no, seven, you knew, 1976 or 2020. There's no difference, really. You knew Fleetwood Mac existed. I never knew this band even existed until this year. It's a negative, Bob. It's when it's released. I'm okay with that. So I'll go with the first song I ever heard by these guys that turned me into a fan. This is a band called Kiwi Junior, and this is the song "Waiting in Line" off their album "Cooler Returns." All right. I stay home, you go to work. I'll sleep in your Jesus shirt. Lose my ID to the bar. Who's that kid getting on the streetcar? Waiting in line. Queuing up for the very last time. Waiting in line for you. Uh huh. Well, it took us 45 minutes in, but we found Bob music. There it is. I know. This is the ultimate Bob music. 
It is lo-fi. The singer-songwriter clearly doesn't have a lot of confidence. Probably <laughs> not a great-looking guy. He definitely has dark hair and is uh, shorter than five foot seven. He looks exactly like Stephen Malkmus, which is who he also sounds like. Right. So, yeah. uh, and uh, is singing from the heart in a uh, catchy lo-fi way. Yep. Fucking love these guys. <laughs> Uh, like I said, they have two albums. I found them both when I was in Georgia and I've always done this weird thing where when I'm away on set shooting somewhere else, I'll just find like one band or one song that I'm just kind of obsessed with. Like a few years ago we were doing the podcast and I was doing a show and I became obsessed with sports team. Many years ago, it was the hold steady when I did a show in like 2010. So this year I was in Georgia for six weeks. I found Kiwi Jr. And I listened to nothing but Kiwi Jr. for six weeks. It was absurd question why why do why does bob music struggle with album or uh band names terrible band name i don't why, is that, the band why name. is that a trend is it because it's uh it's indie and it, it's supposed to be a little bit winking and ironic so we're gonna have this like bad name is that what it's about yeah, somebody needs to do a documentary on this because i feel like it's a <laughs> bigger answer I, I don't know what the answer is otherwise uh, maybe they wouldn't be so bad. Like but. Kiwi Jr. just sounds like guys that are just going to get the shit beat out of them by someone at a bar, at no, like a New and, Year's Eve party. And I was excited to introduce <laughs> this. So I played this for when we were doing Lego Masters. I played it for Will Arnett because I know he likes pavement. He's a big like Stephen Malcolmus fan. Right. He's Canadian. They're Canadian. Wow. So I was like, roll the dice there. Buddy. So I was like, he's going to love this. And I played it for him and he loved it. But he's like, what's the name of the band? I had to kind of mumble like, mm. yeah, that, that part didn't feel good. <laughs> but he was into it. Yes, he was into or it. Or was he being polite? He was mostly being polite. I'm but sure. that's interesting that you feel comfortable enough uh, with famous actor Will Arnett to play him a song that you like. Look at you. Yeah. Oh, Look at that relationship. Yeah. Where's that relationship? Now, Lego Masters was picked up. We are. We're going back. three. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, have you been in touch with Will Arnett during the, the break? Yes. We we text. We uh, we've, Swap wives? We've, we haven't. Well, he doesn't have a wife, so he just uh, takes mine. Ah, uh, okay. So it's kind of an unfair thing, but he's also famous, so that's fine. What if he, what if he did say, Bob, I'll bump you up to executive produ- producer and um, head writer, uh, and I'll let you produce my next project uh, if you give me your wife for one night. Well, um, not to not to reveal too much on the pod. Yeah, because everything is still up in the air. But Will and I have been working on something. Right. That hopefully in twenty twenty two, we're in a good spot with it. We've uh, it could be a thing. Did so you I might just have... admit that Will Arnett fucked your wife? No, but I was going to say, I've been able to kind of do this without Will fucking my wife. But that being said, if he wants to, we could have that conversation. He's a great guy. Wow. Well, that sounds promising. No, do, it's, we'll do see. Do I know about this? Yeah, I feel like it's come up. You don't listen though, but it's come up. I, I do my best. No, you don't. But. I try. That sounds great though. This was, this was the song I played Will Arnett and this is the song I wanted to play. So fuck you. I'm just going to play like 30 seconds of it because it's so pavementy. If you like pavement, you're going to love Murder in the Cathedral off the album Football Money. All right. You let Will Arnett bang your wife, so you deserve this. The SS crashed the party. My favorite band was setting up on stage. Now they're wearing their hair like you and your sister. Stacking up records, setting them straight. How it used to be. You know another trend, uh, another there's, trait? There's no percent 
of your of you that likes this, which is it, it's fun. fine. It's kind of wallpaper. No, but you've never me. you've never liked that stuff. But I think another trait is a, a guy that's can definitely sing better than that. Uh, but it's kind of a affectation that he wants to say. I'm singing like I don't really care about this music <laughs> because I'm above caring about things. No, maybe if the in the second verse of the song you couldn't hear the guitars play because there was so much distortion, <laughs> it would be a better song. Well said, well said. All <laughs> right, now I've been building up to this song, Bob, because uh, it's it's uh, I can't tell. You may love it, and or you may hate it. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I felt the same way um, when I first listened to it. The first time I listened to it, I was a little bit, it was polarizing to me. And then I went back to it and I was like, oh shit. And then I realized I was listening to it for like a week straight. So this is a, um, now you want to talk about a band name, Bob. Mm. How about a band called the Illuminati Hotties? Oh, Yes. <laughs> Yes. Are you familiar with They're on my list too. seen this video by any chance no all right so one of the reasons i love how like snotty and bratty the verses are and the, yeah. the chorus just takes off but um I, there are there are girls where i'll say oh bob you gotta check this girl and she's like the ultimate bob girl right but no we've actually found her now no really we've located the ultimate bob girl uh she is the singer of the illuminati hotties and um after we finish uh, recording. I'm going to play you the video. Okay. And uh, I think you're going to be into it. That's what I'll say. Wow, I'm so excited. Yeah. All right, let's listen to this part because I think this is where the song really... What's the name of the song? Mwahahahayayaya. <laughs> Got it. Literally. Uh, it's the song is this is the spelling of the title of the song, M M M O O O, A A A, Y A Y A. So I guess it's this. Okay, that's it. That's great. I love it. I listened to this album a bunch when it came out this year, and the song that I have on my list is Pool Hopping. 
Oh, okay. That was the other uh, song that I had listened to. But I guess this one grabbed me just because it was so unusual. Uh-huh. It was a little a little weird in a in a good way, and I just wanted to throw a little curveball in there. No, I like it. Um, all right, there you go. The Illuminati Hotties. Okay, Kiwi Junior, Illuminati Hotties. I mean, maybe Kiwi Junior needs to speak to the girl from the Illuminati Hotties, and I think she's the only one in the group. Well, many years ago, we actually no, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna finish that thought. All right, my turn, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. I'm sure there's a reason why you aborted that thought. You know me well enough to know there's a good reason. <laughs> Tell me know. later while I'm showing you the video for... Well, I found... The way I found them was they did a remix of Pool Hopping with Bartice Strange, a guy from our list last year. Ah. Of our best album. So, there you go. Who I also had concert tickets to go see this year, but somehow ended up seeing zero concerts this year, despite having tickets to two different concerts due to two separate strands of COVID-19. That's, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I had my Waxahachie tickets to go see her in September, and then that got delted. And then I had tickets to go see Courtney Barnett and Bartice Strange, and that got Omicroned. So. Deltaed? Oh, the Delta thing? Okay, that was the summertime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. But the, it turned out that Omicron was what we thought Delta was going to be. Right. So maybe the Delta one should have, that concert should have went on. Did it go on or did you just bail out of it? I bailed out. Yeah. You should have went to that one. But it was pre-kids being vaccinated. So I didn't want to go somewhere. Right. Bring but you should, you should have still went because the know. kids would probably have been fine. Yeah, that's true. Like probably. Probably. I mean, not certainly. Yeah. But probably. I also realized the last movie I've seen in a movie theater is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so I don't want to ever go to a movie theater again. I want to be able to, when I'm in my 80s, yeah. just be like, the last movie I saw on a big screen That's was it, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, the kids are going nuts because Sonic 2 is coming out. Maybe you should go Maybe see I should Sonic, go see Sonic 2. 2 and that's it. Okay. Because Tails is in Sonic 2, bro. Oh, that's exciting. Tails, bro. What about Knuckles? Knuckles is in oh, it too, bro. Oh, fuck, bro. Are you and serious? He's got, and he's got some... Knuckles. How can I stay away from the theater now? <laughs> All right, I'm back. I'm back in. I've been. I've gone to movies. I saw the Ghostbusters movie, which was great. Of course it is, because Seriously. guess what? Movies of today are better than movies of yesterday. <laughs> so I don't doubt that for a second. And uh, what else did I say? I saw the new Spider-Man with the boys. That was also very good. Oh, nice. And it, but also at the same time it was like, uh oh, troubling trend alert. They were both very much nostalgia exercises uh-huh. geared uh, directly. For the kids to have the the guys jumping around in costumes. Right. And then for the parents to be like, I remember when I was young and I watched the earlier version of this movie. Like, I'm aware of it. I know what they're doing. It's working. Uh, So I guess they win. Uh, But at the same time, like, art is dead. That's Well, so speaking of, I need to ask you, have you seen 8-Bit Christmas? No, but I saw you had tweeted about it, which was interesting to me. I took that tweet down because I realized it was like a spoiler as well. So I kind of took it down. Oh, there, okay. I was going to say what the tweet said, but that probably would spoil as well. Right. But uh, that's pretty small demographic crossing here. I probably could. You could yeah, probably, you could say it. Actually, I haven't seen it either. Don't spoil it for me. It's great. I loved it. I could see how somebody would hate it. There's a deceased family member involved? Ultimately. But Isn't um, there always it's only to give you a little. Exactly. I don't think it was that big of a spoiler. It's only to give you that little punch at the end of the movie. It bah. is the movie for people born in exactly 1980. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's pure nostalgia. Like we're going to hit all of these. Like the wizard. Like it makes fun of the wizard, but there is like a power glove moment. It gets, uh, it gets everything right with the exception of nobody in the movie smoked cigarettes. And, uh, there were no F bombs dropped by the bully. 
That's it. Everything else was completely on point. And no um, homophobic f bombs. That's what I meant. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else they got they got the eighties right. <laughs> but um, they couldn't quite nail it. <laughs> they're not allowed to quite nail it. No. But I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, curious to see. Tweet at us if you saw Eight Bit Christmas. I loved it. You could tweet at Bob. Tweet at Dan. He's got the followers. I, you know what? Um, since you're you, still on Twitter, right? Like you were able to go back on Twitter after the BTS incident. The BTS incident was pretty, uh, was pretty rough. <laughs> uh, but I did. The BTS incident was my favorite day of 2021. <laughs> I went after um, BTS a little bit, but then Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> amplified the tweet, and I, I have to say, like check him out, uh, checkmate Donnie Wahlberg. Do- oh yeah, you got Wahlberg because dude. what he knew what he was doing there. He. Um, he quote retweeted what I wrote, which was basically get BTS was at the SoFi stadium for a week straight. Right. And they have such a maniacal fan base that you had 90,000 people going to the concert, you know, for a week straight. And also people were going to the facility at 5 AM because the merch tent opened at six. Mm. So they'd just be there all the time. So I, I just tweeted, like, we got to get him out of here, get some of the bad boys from other boy bands of the past mm-hmm. uh, to clear these guys out of here. And I I don't know why I did this, but I tagged Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, now, why did you do that? Because I, I, I showed the tweet to uh, my wife, and she was like, why did, my he, wife. why did he tag Donnie on that? I think everyone's had a, a tweet. I think you did one for Michael Jackson Nation. Yeah, uh, that got, like, 50 people responding. <laughs> you said where you, like, tweet something and you feel pretty good about it, and then it gets some response. You're like, oh, good tweet, good tweet. And then all of a sudden it's getting in a different direction, and you're like, oh, bad tweet, bad tweet. And But you can't delete the tweet. No, you can't. You cannot delete the tweet, so I just had to eat the shit. So Donnie amplifies, he quote retweets and says, I stand with BTS. Yeah, who's you know? the, sorry, bro, I can't help sorry, you with your, with your problem. And avalanche of hate. I mean, this was people trying to end my career. Most of it was most of the BTS fans. And I don't know if this was just a, um, a tactic to get me canceled or whatever, but they, they spun it as I was being racist. Right. Which was interesting. I was only saying that the band was shitty and they need to leave. Right. Not like leave the country. Right. Or their culture to leave Los Angeles. I just thought their, their music is shitty and it's a bad band. (laughs) Which again, (laughs) This might be this all of a sudden, this might amplify our podcast now. So this is exciting. But yes, you were getting tweets because I put my little uh, my little Twitter alert to see it like every like three seconds. People were coming after you. So it happened on a Friday. And all I did was I I was like, first of all, I'm unplugging. And just to know what a good friend I am. I was like, I was I'm not going to hit you up about this or make fun of you about this or tell anybody until I'm sure your career is okay. Oh, did you think it was actually an issue? I was realm? initially, oh, I thought it was funny. Then I was like, oh no, this keeps, this is still going. <laughs> Cause it did go from like, fuck this old white guy. Right. To like, he's a piece of shit who deserves to be canceled. And that's when I got nervous. Cause you never know. You never know when right. the deserves to be canceled thing. So takes hold. if you are, if people are attempting to destroy you on the internet, um, I find the move is to mute all notifications uh-huh. uh, and don't, engage right and just it will probably disappear unless you actually did something that made you a piece of of shit in that case delete the tweet uh do the video apology and then uh disappear for 18 months i would love to see your pro bts video apology (laughs) you in like a little bts (laughs) t-shirt that would be great maybe in 2022 we can get that all right uh where were we i think it's my turn it is your turn so coming off the illuminati hotties 
we're going to go with a band. Dan, are you familiar with the Tiny Desk series, NPR, on YouTube? Of course. It's a wonderful little series that NPR does where they have popular bands and not so popular bands. Taylor Swift has done one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everyone's done it now at this but, point. Yeah, but more often than not, they get kind of bands on the rise. Uh, thanks to the algorithm, which, by the way, all music has just become algorithm-based, and that's how you find music. That's how you decide what you're into. Uh, this band came upon... I came upon this band Power through Glove. the Tiny Desk series. What? It's so bad. Power Glove? Yeah. You're going to love 8-Bit Christmas, dude. Jeez. I love the Power Glove. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny Lewis is in that scene. It's yep, funny. Of course. Go so ahead. I found this band through Tiny Desk. I sent it to you. You said it's amazing how much these guys can get by oh, on personality. Guys. On personality and no melody. <laughs> this is <laughs> Idols, and this song is called Crawl. I like these sweaty, ugly motherfuckers. the song coming on in your kitchen on your speaker and your your wife just being fucking <laughs> annoyed as hell that it's on so i'll be what at, is this yeah i'll be at home working i'll be listening to this like i know you listen to like like taylor swift when you're working for some reason this is what i'm listening to when i've been writing and she'll come in and she'll be like so i was just at what are we listening to like immediately gets oh, like yeah. wait no, what's that's happening on the radar this yeah song. it's on the radar immediately but i fucking love these guys go watch their tiny desk they're out of their minds yeah that is a very entertaining tiny tiny desk app and uh yeah this album's fun it's called uh crawler this is the song crawl and the band again is idols i i like um i like bands I think ACDC might be the most famous version of this, where you, you see them live, and it doesn't matter like how, how big they are or how many people are at the concert. Like You're like, oh, I wonder if these guys get laid. Right. Like I wonder if these guys get laid. Maybe, maybe one of the guys does. No, I think it's going to be like your podcast, where it's mostly dude fans <laughs> just telling you, like, hey, I love your podcast, mate. Right, but like usually, if you're in a rock band, that's that's a free pass. I mean, you will always do well with um, the opposite sex or whatever you're into. <laughs> but there are certain bands where you just look at them and it's like, well, except for except for the rhythm guitarist of Idols, <laughs> it's probably not getting a lot. 
Speaking of Taylor Swift, I we can promise you this is the one end of year uh, best of uh, podcast or publication of any kind that will not include uh, Taylor Swift's 12-minute song, All Too Well. No, never even listened to it this year. I did listen to it. I said, oh, this is good, but this probably would be better if it was five minutes long. Of course. As the original was before right. Taylor's version came out. Right, right. The first version was also Taylor's version, by the way. At the time. Right. Right. But now it's really Taylor's No, it's really ta- she, Taylor. I have to say, like, when you talk about uh, artists and, like, there's no monoculture anymore, the fact that she had one of the biggest albums of the year, or maybe the biggest album of the year in terms of popular music, and it was an album that came out 10 years ago that she just reissued. Yeah. Not only is she making money off it, it people treated it like it was the Beatles, like, all getting back together, including two guys coming back from the dead. I was like, wow, she has some major clout. Yeah, that's it. She anyway, is, she is mono. I love, I love Taylor Swift, but she is not on my list this year because she didn't release new music, even though people act like she did. Right. Uh, but we must move on. All right, Bob. I like that. I like it. There's a little aggro rock. Yeah. I'm into it. All right. Next up, I want to um, play... Sam Fender. Good. Now, so his second album, 17 Going Under, is out. And uh, I don't feel like it really gained a lot of traction. Uh, There was nothing as immediate or as hooky as Hypersonic Missiles, which I thought, like, was one of my favorite songs of the last 10 years, maybe. Like, I was was that, that big into Hypersonic Missiles. I thought it was, like, a special single and if it came out in a different era, it would have been a hit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. Uh, but this song, Get You Down, uh, it, I think is the closest uh, he comes to uh, finding something that's uh, catchy and an earworm. And uh, let's listen to it right here. Uh, this is Sam Fender off his second album, Get You Down. Still repping the sax. Somewhere, Clarence Clemens is nodding his head in appreciation. Remember, we saw these guys at the Troubadour yep. a couple of years ago. And I'll never forget how geeked they were to be playing the Troubadour. And the saxophonist did not look like Clarence Clemens. Definitely didn't. They were a bunch of skinny, pale kids 
from some shore town in England yep. uh, that were playing the most famous rock club in the world, uh, this intimate venue, and it was pretty cool. And Sam Fender was sick, if you recall. He was he getting was. over uh, He missed the previous right. show or shows, but it makes sense. He was not missing the Troubadour because nope. you don't know if you're getting back there. Um, like if you, I would guess, not that we know, but the, to, if when you quote unquote have made it, you're playing like Madison Square Garden right. here in America. But I, I would imagine for bands, when it comes to like playing smaller venues, like the Troubadour is a big deal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that was cool. And they haven't been back here yet, but I would definitely see them again just to see like how the band is progressing because I still see them as a, a prospect. I'm surprised at your your little underselling of this album. This is, for me, I said when we played War on Drugs, tied for album of the year. This is the other one. Oh, wow. I listen to okay. this album a lot. It has so many good songs on it. And 17, uh, this was album of the year, according to NME. So they, he may not be making a splash here in the U.S., but he's doing his thing. Right. It's, it's almost jarring how... Um how different it is that you could be the album of the year in NME. And then, you know, I, in doing kind of like, I guess what you qualify as research for the show, I, I check a lot of the end of year countdowns and everything. And he doesn't, he doesn't even show up anywhere. No, nowhere. He has no presence in the United States. Doesn't exist until. Except he, for this podcast. <laughs> this podcast. And that's why we're trying to help him. We're, we've, we've told him more than once, go have sex with Lizzo. Yes. Just date her for a little bit. That's not too late. It's not too late. She, I don't know if she'd be into it, but like he could at least like check, check the temperature. In the Lizzo, room. not as hot as she was when we made that comment. So like she could probably use a little buzz in the UK too right now. Mm, okay. I feel yeah. like it's like, a, she's kind of in between it's, promotional right, in tours. Between tours. Yeah. It's become at the, at the moment, a mutually beneficial relationship for Sam Fender and Lizzo to start fucking. What about, what if we lose Lizzo and like move it to like Megan the stallion, the stallion. <laughs> mm. Just if we really want to the best chance of making this work. Right. I don't know what Cardi See, I B's I don't know, situation. I don't is know. Right now. I don't know if uh, Sam and Megan will make it. I feel like <laughs> Sam and Lizzo, there's potential there. I think Lizzo would write like a cool song about it too. I could see Lizzo yeah. getting some, making it have legs. Her coming out on stage with him, playing the flute while he's doing one of his songs. That could be great. Instead of the uh, saxophone, she plays the flute. This is, yeah, this is like the sequel uh, to Phantom Thread. This is a love story for the ages. If you are a representative of Sam Fender, please email us at the throwback, the throwback pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Who's Lizzo? So on my list, I, I'm pretty basic. I put 17 going under on my list. Because that's the lead single off this album. Uh, and it's great. And it has my favorite line of the year. So I'm going to play it anyway. Okay. And I'm going to use it as one of my songs because I don't care. Because okay. I'm, I'm my own man. Sam Fender. Ooh, that, that puts Fender in the conversation for the choice. Wow. Interesting. Back to back Fender. This is 17 going under off the album. 17 going under which we need to talk about was released as a deluxe album. It was really the day it came out. The album came on Spotify 17 going under parentheses deluxe, right? 16 tracks long. Oof. So here's the question. There were what, some missteps. What is the album actually supposed to be? <laughs> 
he fucking found a back door into dropping 16 tracks without actually dropping a 16-track album. Maybe so. if he kept it to a tight 12, he'd be the biggest no, but, rock band in America. But he did. This is the deluxe album. Oh. So who knows? But there's no regular album available. Right. That's That feels it feels like counterproductive. A, it feels like a fuck you specifically to you. I, I guess. It just seems um, confusing, really. Very confusing. I, I just want to know what the basic album is. <laughs> I think what, I don't want to say turned me off, but I, I left a little, I was wanting a little bit initially when I heard the album, because lyrically, it's a pretty heavy album. It's pretty uh, mature. This song uh, is, deals with domestic violence and is apparently a unhealthy relationship with his father, who was abusive. And there's some other songs where he kind of hits things pretty hard and maybe a little, it's a little, I don't know. Like he's kind of indulgent like a little bit, punching out of his weight class a little, a little bit. bit. Like what are we doing? And I, and I appreciate it because he's he's making he's trying to make big statements. He's definitely following the Springsteen path or attempting to. But that's a hard that's a hard line to walk. Um, but I like it. And and when I did go back and listen to the album um, a couple weeks ago, I was like, okay, I yeah, actually do like the album this. as a yeah. whole. There's plenty. There's uh, the Dying Light and Spit of You. There are like love songs in there. It's a full album. He's definitely leaning even more into the Springsteen here than he did in the past. Okay. And uh, yeah, it should be one of your favorite albums of the year. Um, so just get on track. Get on board. Speaking of... Don't tell me what to do. Get on board with the guy that you discovered, and you should be touting harder than anybody. You know what? Because I also I want the best for him, and I think I did hold it against him a little bit that there wasn't anything as immediate as Hypersonic Missiles. Because you, you, you'll acknowledge that. There's not that type of single on that record. That's what I was hoping there'd be another one of those that he could start really building. I think that song is close. I think Hypersonic Missiles is a comet. Like it's its own sort of single. Yeah. All right. Let us um, move on. So speaking of um, Springsteen indebted artists uh, and albums that were kind of overlooked, The Killers put out another album in... 2021 2020 they put out imploding the mirage which i a little bit of a hot take i think is their best album ever i think imploding I don't, the I don't mirage think it, i don't think it's too hot we did hot fuss on this pod and we acknowledged it was a great the greatest ep ever because the first five songs <laughs> right. are incredible and then it goes down and sam's town is weird but it's, a it's really got a lot of album. great songs out a of lot it. of great songs yep. aside from those two Imploding the Mirage is in the mix, and I would not disagree that it's their best album. Top but I would say if you asked, if you polled 100 Killers fans, 80 would probably say Hot Fuss or maybe the second record. That's usually how these things go. Right. People either love the first album the most or the second album the most. And that's it. Uh, but I would say the, the Imploding the Mirage was their best like front-to-back record. And then 
this uh, this album came out, um, Pressure Machine, and I just like had so much respect uh, for this album because as a Springsteen guy, um, so many artists have attempted uh, to tap into that like authentic lo-fi storytelling Bruce Nebraska mm-hmm. uh, vibe, um, especially if you remember when we were living in New York in the early aughts and that became, they became Bruce became an indie darling um, for all those bands coming up. And everyone was like, Nebraska, Nebraska, right, Nebraska. Right. Um, and the inspiration there is in, uh, commendable, but that ultimately a lot of times it felt forced when the, when bands try to do that, they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, what does that mean to do a Nebraska? album? okay. So it's like strip out all the instruments. Uh, let's get like a, uh, a four track recorder and a, an acoustic guitar that's out of tune and then just kind of brood about and tell stories. And it's tell like stories about like the, the working class, right? People that need help. It's, but it's, so it's hard to pull off and the killers um, have been borrowing from Bruce liberally since Samstown. Right. Uh, to the point where they did like a good, um, they did a nice like facsimile. They would hit on things occasionally. And it was like, Oh, this is really good. But I thought that this album was the first time they were um, they were inspired by Bruce, but it didn't feel forced. And I think they nail even more commendably the Nebraska angle, which is like, okay, you heard us doing our killers thing on imploding the Mirage. Now we're going to tell stories about where we grew up, uh, which was in the you know on the outskirts of Vegas. The album was called Pressure Machine, and I could have picked a bunch of songs, but the one that really kind of jumps out to me is a song called Quiet Town. So here we go. It just kind of struck me. The album has these interludes, which I like that they swung for the fences with it, where they actually have locals from the town where they grew up uh, telling stories from the town, and the songs are about those stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's an abridged version, thankfully, where yeah, they cut say, that thank- out. Thankfully. Um, yeah. But like this song, just telling stories like about the opioid crisis, where they're from, and and I just thought they kind of nailed this this kind of storytelling. And the fact that they're putting out, to me, their two best albums uh, at this stage when they're like turning 40, The Killers Deserve More Love is the best American rock band of the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, if this song doesn't make you want to buy a pickup truck, I don't know what will. This is like <laughs> straight out of the John Mellencamp playbook. Right. Like, I mean, this is me even, GMC this one truck. has a little bit more of that Mellencamp vibe to it. 
Uh, there are songs on the album that are a lot more sparse that are straight out of the Nebraska sound uh, songbook. But uh, yeah, I would say, Bob, that would be if you haven't really delved into this, because I think a lot of Killers fans or, you know, casual fans didn't really. It's rewarding. I wouldn't call myself a casual fan, but I still didn't delve into this. I was just not ready for a whole new Killers album one year after Imploding the Mirage. So I never gave this. I listened to it maybe once or twice, but I never got into it. That's interesting. Yeah, I think because they nobody could tour, I think we saw a lot of this where album where artists right. put out a follow-up album quickly. Um, and I was grateful. This was uh, this album was my number one like play in the background while working album of 2021. That makes sense. All right. There we go. We're getting close to the end now, Bobby. Uh, what do you got? Well, we got one more each, I think, right? I believe so. So this is tough. Toughy. It's a toughy. Toughy in a big spot, Bobby. I feel like we've repped a lot of good things. A lot of good stuff. Part of me wants to go. We ca- solved something. Didn't we take care of something? Gas prices. Gas prices. That's no, that's what we have to do. Oh, that's what we have to do. Uh, we we uh, same sex marriage. No, Obama, same sex marriage. Obama did that. Yeah, he took uh, care of that. That yeah. was, he hammered that in a big spot. Um, racism. No, I think if anything, that was something we need to work on due to your BTS racism. Oh, well, that was a misunderstanding. <laughs> it always is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's go, Bob. You got one more song. What do you got, baby? Fuck. This is so tough because I have three songs that I'm looking at right now that could all that all belong on this playlist to go out there to to the fans, to the masses. One is Making a Fire by the Foo Fighters. That I feel like is an underrated Foo Fighter song. Okay. I feel like we forgot about that album because it came out in February. Yeah. Late period Foo Fighters. No, but there were some good songs on that album. Okay. The other one is How Not to Drown by Churches and Robert Smith. Okay. From The Cure. That's Listen nice to that combo a lot there. this nice year. Combo. But instead, I think it's kind of like a dark horse. I'm going with the best Tom Petty song of the year that wasn't by Tom Petty. Interesting. By a man who doesn't get played enough on this podcast. Oh, that's right. That's right, Bob. <laughs> Trying hard not to awaken the voice of regret in his ear. He can't escape the timeline. So much worse than he had Long Way by Edward Vetter. 
I fucking love this song. By the way, if you don't think we're talking about Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam enough on this podcast, that's on you, my friend. I know it is. You should be repping that band the way I rep my favorite bands. But you haven't, oddly. I rep them, but well, I mean... We haven't even done Vitology, sir. We've done two Pearl Jam albums. We've done two U2 albums. We've done 125 like episodes of this more show. Than, more than that. We've done 14 episodes <laughs> of the show. <laughs> we did the Vitology episode. It just never saw the light of day. But I think it's time to bring it back. Taylor's version. 2022. <laughs> uh, this is a Tom Petty song. That, that chorus lo- took the long way on the freeway. This should be Tom Petty. R.I.P. I fucking love this song. I love what Eddie's doing. I can't wait for this album to come out. And uh, I listened to this, this a lot. This is good. I like this. I thought this was Jacob Dylan. Wallflowers did not make the cut. Like, I Although thought I you were this... on about you were on your little Jacob Dylan Wallflowers bender a few months back. Yeah. And uh, you sent me a new song, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go listen to older Wallflowers music that's better than this." <laughs> um, with all due respect to Jacob Dylan, who also annoyed me, I think, by ruining that documentary. Oh, that worst been documentary. Great. Worst documentary. Should have been such a great yeah. documentary about Laurel Canyon, and Tom Petty is in it. Like the last yep. time you see him in any type of documentary before he died, and and the anti-charisma vacuum that is Jacob Dylan could not be overcome. That's probably what kept him off this list, to be honest, was the documentary, not the fact that that album was fantastic. Um, all right. So this is interesting. So he's got a solo album coming out. He's got one coming out. Yeah. What was your... Any uh, better. Just speaking of documentaries and movies, what was your movie of the year? Oh, let's see. Now you caught me off guard. I'm glad. My favorite movie of the year that came out in 2021... No, it came out in 1977, just like the Fleetwood Mac <laughs> discovery you made. Uh, did I see a movie in 2021 that that's I truly the big, enjoyed? That's the bigger question, yeah. I like that Ghostbusters nostalgia uh, exercise. Uh-huh. Let me uh, let me think on that. I don't know. I would say my two tied for first are um, Licorice Pizza and Don't oh, Look Up. Oh, you saw that. I haven't seen either of them, but they're tied for my favorite movie of the year because I know I'm going to really like both of them. Oh, my God. You you struggle to uh, connect with certain uh, aspects of pop culture. I no, think. I'm so behind. My favorite Films, my favorite thing of the year was I finally, I finally watched Band of Brothers this year, and it was so good. Excellent. So good. Excellent. David Schwimmer's character. David Schwimmer makes it. He's great in it. It's David Schwimmer's Band of Brothers, if you ask me. Uh, 2021 movies of the year. I do want to see Licorice Pizza. I do. I am planning to watch uh, that Don't Look Up movie tonight. If Licorice Pizza is half as good as Adventureland, it's going to be my favorite movie ever. So I'm ready for it. Some people are saying it's problematic. Oh, really? Uh, because there's like an underage relationship involved. I don't know. Oh, see, that's what I'm into. So that's fine. Oh, good. Uh, I don't know, Bob. I don't know if I saw any movie I liked this year. It's kind of a weird time. Yeah, it's a weird time. T- um, TV show? Do you want to throw a TV show? Yes, uh, the um, the uh, what is it called? Uh, well, first of all, Succession season three was the best TV. Don't spoil it. Haven't watched it yet. Very excited. Got to catch it. up. Yep. Um, uh, the uh, how to uh, John by John Wilson, Wilson is the best uh, show on television. That was very cool. Non Succession. Interesting. I liked it a lot. I don't think anything um, really approaches it in terms of what it accomplishes. Uh, and it also mis- makes you miss New York. Was Righteous Gemstones this year or last year? Um, the new season is coming out soon because I'm seeing posters. I loved about. that show. 
Um, I did. I like season one. Season one, Bob, came out like three years ago. Well, I just watched it this year, <laughs> so I'm in. Why don't you watch anything in real time? What's up with that? I'm busy. Got a lot going on. <laughs> I'm that you, busy. You know, I'm not that busy, but you know what? Hollywood just got to take a break. Just stop making new things for like a year so I can just catch up on everything. Isn't that what happened? No, they were still working enough where I'm still behind. <laughs> so... Maybe we need a bigger COVID. Uh, all right. So I have one more song. Yes, I have a lot of uh, choices as well. Jeez. Um, okay. So I was thinking about... Um, I was thinking about Like I Used To, which is a great uh, duet between Sharon Van Etten and uh, Angel Olsen. Great. Great chorus. Uh, one of the bands and albums I liked the most uh, and discovered this year was this band, uh, Japanese Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, their album, Jubilee, had two great songs on it that I really enjoyed. But, Bob, oh, and I also did want to give um, Olivia Rodrigo pop because I really did think uh, there are some good songs. And I do like that. Um, I like that we're old enough now where you could see things repeating mm-hmm. and how she's Alanis Morissette. Totally. Like right down to she was a child actor that uh, made it as a, a singer-songwriter, exploded with a giant first single, and then uh, Deja Vu, the second song, came out, and that was like her hand in my pocket. Right. Where it was like, oh, she's going to stick around. She's good. And then Good For You was her, uh, what was the third LNS? Ironic, was it? Sure. Yeah. No, I think it was. Ironic was yeah. the third single. Yeah. It? It, doesn't, anyway, it doesn't work perfectly. But, but yeah, I, won't, yeah, yeah. I won't go with um, Olivia. I will, I, I'll throw you a bone, Bob. It's your birthday coming up, and I will play the, the Bob song. Uh, from a band, I think it's an LA-based band. Um, I heard it like on the radio randomly, which is not something I listen Ter- to a lot. Terrestrial radio? No, well, let's not go crazy. <laughs> Satellite radio. Uh, it's a band called Will Dorado. Uh, the song is called Head Right. just pause it a second do not expect this to be you get what you give because there's only I don't, one I don't, I don't, there's I don't, only I don't. one bob right of course we got it right it's gone completely understand we might get another one in another 40 years probably not right uh but this is a pretty damn good song here right. we go until i'm home again i told you once but i was lying what's the fuss you seem all right i'm Just added them to my best of the year. There Love you it. go. Love it. It's great. It's There's something very like se- semi-sonic-y here. Good call. Very uh, almost sleep uh, singing in my sleep type yeah. uh, semi-sonic. That's a, that's a good call. Um, yeah, this is one of those songs you hear it and it's like, oh, this is a great pop single that will not be popular. Nope. But nope. let me make sure I write it down or Shazam it 
and uh, make sure I get it onto my uh, media player of choice because otherwise I'll, I won't be able to find it ever again. Right. This is great. There's no place for it. There's no world where like dads can enjoy this. Will Dorado is an American indie folk band originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma and based in Los Angeles. I kept on hitting a lot of that, Bob. There are a lot of L.A. bands. That's cool. Um, uh, in my... Uh, the songs that kind of like jumped out to me, they kept on... There's another uh, artist that had a lot of... Uh, speaking of uh, nostalgia, um, this band called The Foxies, um, a song called Seven, Summer Never Dies, which is a great summer song. Great and name. She, great and she name sounds like uh, Gwen Stefani. Oh, wow. Um, so anyway, that is... Um, Will Dorado. You know who else almost made the cut but didn't? Because I wanted to give them a little love because they're off the map. Um, Kings of Leon had a really good opening song on their last, last album called When You See Yourself. You know what? We threw out a throwback pod collaborative playlist tweet on uh, to make a playlist on Spotify. A lot of Kings of Leon ended up on there. So the throwback fans still into the Kings of Leon. There you go. I thought that the, um, the Kings of Leon, um, that song was kind of a throwback to before they were slick and like, has any band's career gotten more fucked up by getting super popular than Kings Leon? Probably not. Uh, sex on fire. And then, uh, be somebody not only kind of use somebody like overexpose them. They then started chasing that song over and over again. Right. Well, I think we'd be, um, remiss if we didn't also talk about the best cover of the year. Because like a cover, I would never put like a cover song on my best of the year. Sure. But sometimes a cover is so good, you can't ignore it. And it just like deserves to be played. Where is this going? I think you know where it's going. It's by, uh, oh, I'm not going to even tell you it's by. It's a band that we grew up with that released an album this year and put out an amazing, amazing cover of an In Excess song. Oh, no, no, Bob. You were doing so well. I'm standing here on the ground. Oh. The sky above, it won't fall down. <laughs> See no evil in all directions. Yes. <laughs> Resolution of happiness. Ah, so good. So good. We don't have to. Shut up! <laughs> don't change thing. Fucking shut up! <laughs> Off the album. Um, Thank you. Off the album still sucks. That's Limp Bizkit covering in excess. Still sucks. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that is rough. It's a great cover. It's a good cover. So Limp Bizkit got back together. They got back together. They put out an album. Limp Bizkit still sucks, and uh, <laughs> that cover is so. You good. You don't see. They don't even know how to do self-aware. <laughs> I had this whole soundboard and I forgot to use it. So I'm gonna, uh, I think we're okay with that. No, I gotta just empty. You gotta it make out. up for it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is good. It has Teen Woo, which is good. Like oh, it's good. Teen Woo is good. Teen Woo is good. Uh, studio audience Woo. 
That's good, too. Oh, that's really good. These are good to have uh, on hand. Anyway. <laughs> what, was that? what was happening in the background there? <laughs> I have there? no idea. Um, all right. There you go. Well, fuck Fred Durst. Uh, fuck Limp Bizkit. They don't get to come back. And they don't get to uh, cover in excess. They just don't. Det- and it does annoy me that he chose well. That's a under-the-radar uh, hit of in excess compared to some of their more yep. well-known and things. And he doesn't start yelling at the end. It's that the whole way through. He thinks he could get another... Uh, well, he did like a 9-11 song, didn't he? Did Floyd. He? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I wish you were here. <laughs> but... I can't believe they let him play the Tribute to Heroes concert with <laughs> the guy from Stain, that chud. <laughs> the chud from Stain. <laughs> and now Fred Durst and the chud from Stain, everybody. Yeah, that was America's. Like, even though they were America's. taping that, the, like in the shadow of uh, the Twin Towers right. where they used to be, like people could not stop. No, we needed that at the time. <laughs> they just got so pumped up. Where was Everlast? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. String it, string it up, buddy. All right, there you go. That is the. Uh, those are our picks. We now need Bob though to do the the hard business of uh, picking one song from all the songs we we uh, went through for the throwback podcast playlist. Well, I have two thoughts. Thought number one is uh, we don't have to thank the Patreones because we're not, we're not charging them right now. So fuck all the Patreones. <laughs> fuck you guys. Fuck Go you fuck guys yourselves. for supporting us. Everybody on patreon.com slash throwback pod. Uh, we owe you nothing until February. And if you were conceived during the Gerald Ford administration or the Ronald Reagan administration, go fuck yourself. Oh my God. Imagine if you're listening to this and you were conceived during the George Bush administration. G G G Bush one G Dub one G Dub one, not G H Dub. Imagine that. That's even worse. That can't. That is no way. It's happening. If anyone listening <laughs> was conceived during the second George Bush presidential administration, uh, two thousand one to two thousand nine, please reach out to us. We're just curious. If <laughs> we don't believe anyone. you. We, we don't, don't believe, believe you. you exist. Yeah, there's no reason for you to exist. All right. So, uh, so that was my first saying? thought. My second Wait, thought. What was the thought? That we don't have to thank them. So that's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Kleine and Mancy, go fuck yourself. There we go. <laughs> so loud. So long. Uh, the second thought was last year we put it to a poll and we let, the, we let everybody decide on Twitter. We, we both picked two songs and everybody on Twitter voted. And ultimately the Struts and Robbie Williams won out. Do we want to entrust America... Not, oh not yeah, America. we did. Do we want to we did a poll. We did a poll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do we want to trust like the that. world? Forget about America. The so we world. did two songs. You and I both picked two songs from our list to be represented, and then they voted out of the four. And I believe the Struts narrowly beat out Phoebe Bridgers last time. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. All right. So pick out two of your songs. I'll pick out two of my songs. While we're picking, hold on. I have another cover that we could listen to for like a few seconds. While we decide on what song is going to make it. Sorry, Fruit Bats, you're done. Uh, I'm ready to pick mine. I'm going to throw out Wet Dream by Wet Leg, and I Don't Live Here Anymore by The War on Drugs. Good, 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 good. 
I will uh, throw out Get You Down by Sam Fender and fuck it. Mooayayayayayayayay by the Illuminati Hotties. All right, there you go. So we're going to put those four up on a Twitter poll and let you decide what goes on the iconic throwback podcast playlist. We're giving it that title. That's good. It is, though. We finally made it where it's long enough. Where it's, it's pretty good. You, you really play it good. and yeah. you're flying. You're, you're, flying. In good, you're in good position. Um, all right. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, Happy New Year. And yes, we will be back uh, with new episodes in 2022. Uh, when? Don't know. How many? Not sure. We will be back. This that's, is just the first episode. Though. That's so, that's not fair to them. That's called open-ended. No, but we need to close the end a little bit because we are planning on coming back. Yes. With an episode every other week. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're in some capacity, we're coming back. No, we're coming back in that capacity. We've, we're like in the curb your enthusiasm coming back mode where it's like, we'll come back and uh, you'll be happy when we're back and then we'll disappear and then we'll be back. We'll just never end. Like, right. that's my new thing. Right. The show never ends. Right. That it's makes sense. just a little, um, you don't know when it's going to show up. No, but we'll be back in February. Maybe. No, we are going to be back. Probably. No, that's what's happening. (laughs) But I mean, for that to happen, we need to get together and do more episodes. Right. Isn't that what we're going to do? I think. Right. Maybe. Right. But to say certainly would to to put uh, pressure on the audience as much as pressure on us. No, we're giving them hope that we're coming back in February. We don't need to do that. We do, though. We don't need to give them hope. They're waiting for us and... We're back, and we're back in February. Get ready for Bob's new definitely back. Bob and Jason Zumwalt back in February. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, right. Once BTS brings you down, I need somebody. They'll come to get me. They're gonna come to get me. <laughs> you just wanted to use the Jason. Yes. Song. All right. So All everybody, right. happy New Year! Uh, thank you for listening, uh, and until 2022. Go fuck yourself. Drunken fool. Nice.